The only thing missing from Davius Richards' already exceptional career is an HBCU Player of the Year award, and it feels like it's his to lose this season. Oh, yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number Daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor and contributing writer at USA Today's Saints Wire. Just because the mic cuts off, you know the drill. It does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusive starts with an S, ends with an S. Today's episode will end off with us talking about how the NCAA is capitalizing on the growing popularity of women's basketball. But we start off with a two-part about Davius Richard, the North Carolina Central quarterback, and why the only thing missing from his career is an HBCU Player of the Year award. And honestly, this feels like the year for him to get it done. We'll start off why that's the only thing missing. And not only is that the one thing missing from his resume, I feel like head coach Trey Oliver is setting out to make sure that the resume ends up fulfilled at the end of 2023. So head coach of North Carolina Central, Coach Oliver, was on a preseason show with a bunch of other coaches at different times. And during his time slot, he kind of talked about the progression of Davius Richard, and he said that last year, about halfway through the season, he realized that Richard is the best quarterback in black college football. That was what his realization was halfway through the season, but his second realization was that he's not going to win the player of the year. He simply won't have the numbers to do it. He felt that being pulled in the fourth quarter, not really running up the score, it didn't allow for Richard to honestly be able to compete. I'll say this to Oliver. Honestly, I don't know if the numbers were as slanted as you're making it sound right now. I thought that Richard and Sanders, their, their stats, when you look at total yards, not just passing, because you'll see with Richard, you have to make sure you account for his legs. I thought the numbers were relatively even, and the biggest deciding factor was the fact that Jackson State was undefeated. But Richard 100% had MVP numbers, right? Like, that's not... It was less about what he didn't do, right? And it was more so about other things. But he had the numbers. And if he has those numbers this year, he will be an MVP. But like I said, the reason I feel like they're setting out to get him that is because in the same interview, right after he said, you know, he didn't have the numbers, he said, we're going to unleash him this year. So, A, that tells me maybe they are going to run up the score. If North Carolina Central has an early big fourth quarter lead, you might still see Davius Richard passing the ball. Sometimes these are things that you need to do. When you're winning, sometimes you need to just add on top of that so that he can be an MVP. You know, it's not really what you want to do, but sometimes you have to. Now, 
The reason is the only thing missing. And I think it is the right call. However you get it done, I do think it is the right call to make sure that he at least puts his best foot forward to getting that award. It'd be the culmination of a phenomenal story. You know, he came in as a true freshman, as the fourth string quarterback. I don't think that's too abnormal. I think true freshmen who come in at quarterback and they don't redshirt, true freshmen, they typically start low on the depth chart. That's not, I'm not going to say most of the time, but it's frequent enough for you to not be surprised by it, right? He started 10 of the 11 games that North Carolina Central played his true freshman year. He went from being a fourth string quarterback to being the starter in week two and never relinquished that title. That's not normal, right? We we don't talk about how that's not abnormal for him to be a fourth stringer. The fact that he came in and started most of the year after that, that is abnormal. That's not something you see all the time. It's usually either they're a fourth stringer and they have to work their way up slowly or they're the starter, maybe the second stringer, and then you get in. It's not often that you see things like what Richard did where he went from fourth to first in two games without any kind of injuries like North Carolina A&T last season where they went to they went to three quarterbacks in one game. So like that that's that's a rare occasion to where you have this. In his sophomore season, which was impacted by the pandemic, he ended up having to wait an extra year before he could get into his sophomore year, and I wonder what impact that had on his development. I wonder if that extra basically having two off seasons if that really helped him, I don't think that there's any sort of experience that is greater than actual gameplay against an opponent. I don't, but I do wonder if maybe he progressed a little quicker in his collegiate career because he had two off seasons, but didn't didn't uh, lose or use a year of eligibility in between those off seasons. Because when he came back in 2021 as a true sophomore, he was a second team All MEAC quarterback. Okay, cool. Then you get into this past season, and that's the year. That's when everything skyrocketed. It took off. He comes in. He wins player of the year. First team all me at quarterback. He wins a championship. That's where you get everything. You have the story. You have the championship, which is probably greater than anything else, even greater than this MVP that I think he needs to complete his resume. It's a question of what else do you want from him? Now, I do believe that he's going to have the all-purpose yardage role or uh, record after this season. Health assumed. With all of this, health assumed. I think that he does go ahead and take that. I don't think that he takes the passing record. I think that that's a little too far, to be honest. That's 4,000 yards away. I don't think he's going to do that. But the all-purpose is only 2,400 away, and he's never finished with less than 2,400 after his freshman year, and that's when he missed the game. So anytime he's played a full season, he has hit 2,400 total yards. You know, so right now he's second in passing. He's second in all-purpose yards. You could make an argument that that record is something else to achieve. But I kind of look at the record the same way I look at winning a second championship. That's upgrading something you already have. He's already a North Carolina Central legend, period. So that's just upgrading your already status, your 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 status that you already have, excuse me. But winning an MVP is something he has never done. Nationally, it will be great, and I think it would be deserving, and I think it would be the great end of a story for Davius Richard to be recognized as the best football player in black college football at least one time. 
I think that if it doesn't happen, it would be the one thing that he's like, man, I wish I could have got that. And because I feel that way, I can say with confidence that the only thing missing from his resume is a black college football MVP player of the year, however you want to phrase it. But moving forward, I'll tell you exactly why it shouldn't be missing for long. It's his award to lose going into 2023. And we'll talk about that as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Guess who's back? Back, back, back again. Get, get. LinkedIn's back. Back, back. Tell a friend. No, seriously, tell a friend. Please tell a friend because I know people who have their LinkedIn all the way laid out. Everything you could possibly need. If you are a, somebody who's hiring, you need to find those people. If you're somebody who's looking for a job, you need to make sure that your LinkedIn looks like that. And then you need to find these people who are hiring because we all know what the right person can do to a team. The right person can transform your team. It can transform your business. It's one of those things where you go from a four to an eight. Maybe it's customer service. Maybe it's one, one department in your company that just uplifts everything else, makes everybody else's job easier. Find that person on linkedinjobs.com. All you have to do is go to linkedin.com slash locked on college. Go to linkedin.com slash locked on college, and you will find this perfect person for you to uplift your department, uplift, uplift your company, and uplift your team. Go to linkedin.com slash locked on college. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day for my everydayers on Friday's episode. What you have to look forward to is our list of HBCU players who have been identified as Shrine Bowl players to watch. You need to check out that, and I'll tell you why you need to check out that list on Friday. But in addition to being the only thing missing from Davius Richards' resume, I think that the MVP is not only realistic, I think it's his to lose. This is his year to win this award. See, I've said it before. All you have to do is have a repeat. If he looks like he looked last year, he will more than likely win the MVP. Okay, cool. Let's break down all of the things. We finna cook. We finna make a little bit of gumbo. And we gonna out, we're going to outline the three ingredients that are needed when we in this kitchen today. If he puts up the numbers that he put up and the Eagles win, it's a no-brainer. But I don't even think the Eagles need to win. That'll be a part of the conversation. But I don't even think the Eagles need to win because you look at Akil Glass, he won player of the year, and Alabama A&M was third in the SWAC. Third in their conference, actually. Or excuse me, third in their division. It's not a requirement. It'd be a great boost. But the three ingredients are Individual performance, team success, 
and then also preseason hype. Those are the three things that go into it because let's start off with the number one, individual performance. None of the other things matter if Davius Richard does not produce. Let's say that Davius Richard is eh, this year. And Mookie Collier is the heartbeat of North Carolina Central. And North Carolina Central makes it to the Celebration Bowl. Heck, let's even say that North Carolina Central wins the Celebration Bowl and they're back-to-back champions. Let's say all of that happens, but Davius Richard doesn't have a great season. He has an okay season. That'll go to Mookie Collier. Like, I think that we have to understand that even with all of the hype, even with everything that comes in, you still have to perform up to your hype. See, if he performs exact, exactly like he did in 2022, yeah, he's going to win. But history says he's not. History said he's going to be better because history has shown you that with Davius Richard, every single season, he's improved. Literally. This is not a, oh, well, you know, he, he, no, every single year he has made a jump in completion percentage, in yardage, in touchdowns every single year. That goes for running too. rush uh, yardage per game or rush yards per attempt improved every single year. Total yards improved every single year. Attempts proved every single year. He's gotten better every season. So this idea that Davius Richard will be better than he was in 2022 is not crazy. Honestly, it's almost crazier to believe that he won't be. Now, do I think he makes the same jump he did between his sophomore and junior season? I don't know. That was a jump of over 60 yards per game. I don't know if he does all of that. It might be more so like freshman or sophomore. Where it was a 20 uh, yards per game jump, 10 on the ground, 10 through the air. It might be something like that. But if you had MVP season, or MVP season numbers in 2022, and you make a slight improvement, you're going to have MVP season numbers in 2023. I think that math that just adds up to me makes perfect sense to moi. But um, you look at it overall, I think it's reasonable for him to average 300 yards, and I don't care if he averages 300 yards through the air. I would like for him to because I think that that would boost his stock, his draft stock, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about the MVP. So if he has 300 yards per game, no matter how he gets it, more than likely, Davius Richard will be walking away with an MVP. It'll be less about what he didn't do and more about what the other person did. Now, the second part of this, team success. Team success is important. It's not the end-all, be-all. But if he has a great season, they win the, the MEAC at the least. He should be the front runner. Honestly, that's how I feel. Because... What what team stats or team success does is it validates your individual performance. Because when you have great numbers, but your team is bad as far as record goes, people are naturally going to look and say, OK, you're getting these numbers, but these numbers aren't that impactful. They don't really change the momentum of the game. That might not even be true. Right. You might have led a look at Josh Allen a couple of years ago against the Kansas City Chiefs. Josh Allen led a game-winning drive in what does Patrick Mahomes do? He leads a game-tying drive in a ridiculously short amount of time. That doesn't make the, the Josh Allen numbers less than. It's just your defense didn't hold up in that moment. You ran against Pat Mahomes. That's a thing. But when people see your numbers and you're not on a successful team, well, people are in, immediately going to invalidate what happens. 
And then the last thing, the last thing is preseason hype. And that kind of is a combination of the two. The two things build together because you won player of the year as Davis Richard. You were the team of the year because you won it all with North Carolina Central. It's a little bit different of a conversation than it was last year. Yes, Richard was a second team all MEAC quarterback going into 2022. Yes, North Carolina Central was second in the MEAC going into 2022. But there is nothing, absolutely nothing like being the MEAC champions, like being the Celebration Bowl champions. And you know what? There's no one to steal the spotlight. There's no Shador Sanders in the swag. Like, yes, there are other good quarterbacks, but all eyes are already on Davis Richard. People are admitting, not admitting, are uh, expecting. I don't know why I was going with that one. But they are expecting Davis Richard to be the best player. All he has to do is come out and show that they weren't wrong. He already has a leg up. It's different when you come from, you know, it's like kind of a surprise. Like, I didn't really see that one coming. Ah, Okay. Sometimes people are slow to give you your praise when that's the case. Nobody is going to be sleep on Richard or the Eagles. They're going to expect greatness out of them. And if greatness comes from them, then he'll be the award winner. It's just that simple. The preseason hype gives him a leg up. It gives him a head start. It makes it to where this is his award to lose. And if his individual performance and the team success of North Carolina Central adds up, he won't lose it. It's a really simple case. It's really a simple case. Davius Richard has one thing missing from his resume. It's one thing that he has not accomplished. I think that this year, his individual performance, his team success, and that preseason hype will all combine together to make sure that in 2023, he is the Black College Football Player of the Year. Now, moving forward, we're going to switch gears from football to women's basketball. And this is slightly HBCU related, but it's something that you need to know for your HBCU women's basketball team. And that's that. That's that. Yeah. That's that. The NCAA has created a new women's basketball tournament, and it's supposed to be a secondary tournament even greater than the women's NIT. And we'll break down this situation and why it's kind of weird to me as we continue with Locked On HBCU. The NCAA is capitalizing on the growing sport of women's basketball. I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day, making it all the way to segment three. I thank you two times for that. Women's college basketball, is at a high right now? And honestly, I think it's at a high that is going to continue at least for next season and a couple of years after that. It's just about making sure that you're moving right when you're at this high, so that this is just a an upward trajectory and not a plateau moment and definitely not a, a downward slope moment. If you move correctly right now, I think women's basketball has the opportunity to become extremely popular in college athletics. Now, as a refresher, I do feel like we need to talk about why this is the case. And that's the NCAA tournament finals, not just the tournament, but the finals specifically of LSU versus Iowa. And no disrespect to South Carolina, no disrespect to to Virginia Tech. But it needed to be Iowa versus LSU. It needed to be those two teams. I love Aaliyah Boston. 
She went to the WNBA and started balling immediately, an all-star her rookie season. She was a dog. She was a star in college basketball. No question about it. Dawn Staley, great coach, a star. However, the personalities of Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese were required for collegiate women's basketball to be at the point it is right now. The clash of those personalities personalities that I can't see or you can't see me moment that was required because I think it made people say oh I can buy into the sport I think it's made certain people in the in suits I'll say that right so that it made the average fan it made civilians say I can buy in it made the people in suits say when you have a star people buy in that moment at the end of the game where Angel Reese told Caitlin Clark, you can't see me. All of the uproar that came from it, all of the things that happened for Reese after that game, a lot came from that moment. All of those things have built up a point where people are watching for what's going to happen in college basketball, college women's basketball. And the NCAA isn't stupid. They know that. They've seen it. They want to capitalize on it, and they're doing that by bringing in a new tournament this is essentially going to be the women's version of the nit even though there already is a women's version of the nit i'll explain what i mean it's positioned like the men's nit the w that's a lot of nits bro it's a lot of like nits for real but the women's nit is not positioned like the men's version it isn't it's positioned like this it's kind of positioned like the CBI. I think that's the name of it. TSU went to this um, tournament. My was it my senior? No, it was my junior year. We went to this tournament. It wasn't the NIT. wasn't a big tournament. It was none of these things. To us, it was big though. It was very fun, right? So it, it's not to degrade these other tournaments. It's just to say that the NCAA tournament March Madness is the one. Really, that's all that anybody cares about. Let's just be honest. Like most people are not checking for anything other than March Madness unless their team is in it. Okay. I'm just being real, just being honest. But the NIT is kind of positioned as this secondary thing that you should care about, even though I don't think that people do. It is positioned as this thing that you should care about. In the Women's Basketball Invitational Tournament, the WBIT is going to be positioned like that. It's going to be the secondary tournament that you should buy into if your team is not in the March Madness. So this is the way I look at it. Everybody cares about March Madness. Everybody wants to see it. That's something that your your team doesn't even need to be there for. The NIT is something that if your team is there, you're probably going to care until they're not. In all these other tournaments, you don't care. Maybe even if your team is in those tournaments, you don't really care. So it's two that people care about. March Madness, NIT on the men's side, and then now you have March Madness in the WBIT on the women's side. Where it kind of loses me is why do you need to do that? Why can't you just make the WNIT a little bit more important? I'll give you this. The WNIT is independent. It's not owned by the NCAA. It's not funded by the NCAA, so it's different. But I wonder if you couldn't have just bought the rights. It just makes more sense for you to have Men's March Madness, Women's March Madness, Men's NIT, Women's NIT. Maybe it was hardball. Maybe they couldn't get that conversation rolling. Maybe maybe they just didn't want to do it. Maybe they wanted to create something of their own. I don't know. 
but that's what I would have tried to do had I had the option, right? But now it's like you're going to have 32 teams instead of the 64 there in the WNIT. You're going to have 32 teams. So now you have 100 teams who will make postseason basketball that people care about. 68 in the in the March Madness, 32 in the women's BIT. Cool. The question will become, and this is what I'll give you the question. I'll give you the answer after. The question is kind of where do the teams who won the regular season title but didn't win the tournament, where do they go? Because they went to the WM, the WNIT prior to this. But I would assume that you're going to go to the WBIT because the NCAA, when giving out their pressure, all the articles say this is going to operate like the men's NIT. And that's what happens in NITs. You go if you didn't. You know, it's basically like the, I want to say basically the automatic, there's an automatic qualifier for that. All right, cool. So the BIT is going to be the, the spot to go to. The NIT has a 48-team tournament coming in now. So now they're, they've lessened their teams by 16 players, or 16 teams, excuse me. Will we have an HBCU, two HBCUs specifically, in the, in the March Madness? Maybe one in the NIT and one in the BIT? Time will tell. They haven't quite worked out how the 48 teams in the NIT. This is a lot of letters. This is a lot of letters. I hope that you're following. I'm following because I'm saying it. And I know I haven't messed up any of them yet. But this is a lot of letters. And literally the N stands for national. The B stands for basketball. This does not help in any kind of way. I have to say the letters for the letters. What I'm going to say, W bit, W nit. Nah, doesn't really work. Good thing we're almost at the end of this. I won't give you too many more letters after this. But overall, I wonder if each of the three tournaments will end up having HBC representation. They're going to go to the W bit because <laughs> the NCAA is going to fund it. It's, you're going to be able to travel for free instead of paying your own way. Yeah, that's the one they're going to go to. More likely than not. It might even be mandated. That might just be the one you have to go to. But I don't understand why you would pass up on it. It'll be interesting to watch to see how postseason basketball looks. But overall, I think having a prominent secondary women's basketball tournament is a smart move by the NCAA because you see the sport growing by the day. And if you want to capitalize and strike while the iron is hot, this was the correct move to do it. And I appreciate you for also making the correct move of making this your first listen of the day every day. I don't think that there was a better move you could have done. And there's not a better move I could have done than to talk to you for 30 minutes today. Thank you for that. <laughs> but I appreciate you sincerely for making us your first listen of the day every day. On Friday, we'll be back to talk about the HBCU players who made the Shrine Bowl watch list and then also why that is an actual important thing on Friday's episode. In the meantime, in between time, until the next time that we hear each other family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.